0: Good morning everybody, we welcome you today. It's been a little bit of time since we were last together and a lot's been happening around the world. We're excited to have you with us. And uh, we're gonna say a prayer before we begin. Um, before I say that prayer, I just wanna thank all of you who uh, who prayed for our family. Our, uh, my father-in-law, uh, the grandfather to my children, father to my wife and brother-in-law, husband to my mother-in-law. Uh, went home to be with the Lord uh, on the 27th of January, I believe it was and uh, We thank you for all your prayers uh, He fought a good fight, but he decided he'd rather be with the Lord at this point and I don't blame him but we thank you and uh, we are praying for you as we know you pray for us and uh, Once again as a family, we thank you all for uh, for your prayers i want to pray for you right now. Father. We thank you for this time together. We ask your blessing upon what we're about to learn We ask that you would lift us into the realm of the Spirit, be taught of your Holy Spirit. We pray for all those that are listening right now, those that will tune in later, and those that will watch the post over the next week. We ask that you would bless their families, bless them in all their situations, whether it be healing or financial or whatever the need may be. Uh, We pray for them in their marriages, their children, their moms, their dads, and everyone that they love. We thank you for hearing our prayer, and we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Everybody say it. Amen. 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 Well, since we were last uh, together, we've had quite a whole bunch of different things happening around the world. Um, we had an inauguration. Uh, and, and really, 2021 has, has begun with a increase of activity on the global stage. Um, It's not only shaping the political future of the nations of the world, but uh, also the direction of each and every one of our individual lives. In America, 2021 has now seen the transition of power. Uh, We've seen the inauguration of a new administration, a new president. Uh, We also, during that inauguration, we witnessed a uh, a Washington DC completely on lockdown completely under military control. Just let that sink in for a second. In in my almost 60 years as an American citizen, I've never seen our capital city locked down as it is right now, and it continues to be. There's over 30,000 troops there, heavily armed, surrounding the nation's capital. And uh, they're supposed to remain there well into March, maybe further. But, you know, as people of faith, if you do believe, um, we look to the days ahead and, and we're seeking to understand what it is that we can expect. And today we're going to begin that process. I'm going to begin by reading to you a scripture from um, the prophet Isaiah. We're going to talk about some things that might challenge you, uh, but I hope it it uh, encourages you uh, to, to dig deeper into the scriptures to find out the time that we're living in. So um, from Isaiah chapter 13, if you have your Bible, your Bible app, we're in Isaiah 13. I'm just going to read one scripture, and uh, it's from verse 1. The prophet is speaking, and he says this. He says, The burden of Babylon, which Isaiah the son of Amos, did see. He calls it the burden of Babylon. So, you know, for many years... Uh, there's been a great debate within church circles uh, in the United States, uh, especially. Is the United States in prophecy? Is the United States in the Bible? And if she is in the Bible, what is her fate? You know, there's been a, a lot of varying and wide opinions on this subject, uh, but for the most part, you know, the great theological schools of the 20th century all basically say no America is not in prophecy she's not in the Bible anywhere to be found but is that true and is it possible though ask the question is it possible that the most powerful nation on the earth uh, the greatest power that the world has ever seen isn't in the Bible I mean every great empire that has ever existed you can find in the pages of the scripture whether it's the babylonian empire the egyptian empire alexander the great the roman empire the medes the persians the assyrian empire every global power state has been mentioned in the scripture even russia china india even but they all tell us that america's not in the bible is that possible well i i don't believe that that uh, they're correct And remember this, just because um, they've taught this for for many years doesn't mean that, that it's so. It's their opinion. And what I'm going to give you today is my opinion. It's an educated opinion based on the scriptures I've studied for many years and after much prayer. But I think it's important that we understand where we are, prophetically speaking, and going forward where we are. And if America is in the scripture, then what is her fate? And can we at least lay the case for it? Can we look in the Bible and see, is it possible that she is there? Only described in ways that were meant to conceal her identity until the end of time. I think it's so, you know, the other global powers, like we said, they are in the Bible, whether it's China, Russia, Israel, Africa, all of them can be found in in, uh, Bible prophecy. Uh, In order to find America, though, we simply have to look at the clues, and that's what we're going to do today. I'm beginning a series, and as we go forward into February, if you continue to join us, this will be part one. But we're going to look at all the different ramifications of what we can expect for 2021 and going forward. You know, uh, there is what the scripture talks about a nation. It's a mystery nation. Uh, It's spoken of in the book of Revelation. And it's my contention as we go forward, in today's study, we won't be very long, we're just going to lay the foundation today, but I encourage you to join us over the next couple weeks as we paint uh, an enormous picture. When we get into it, what we're going to look at basically is is what is happening in Europe, what's forming in Europe, what's taking place in the eastern part of the world through China, what is the ultimate fate of America, where does Russia, Iran, Africa... Where does Israel, where do all these nations that are mentioned in the scriptures uh, play? And, and what can we expect going forward in the immediate future? I'm not talking about 20, 30 years from now. I'm talking in the immediate future. And so first we're going to identify America as, as I believe that she's found in the scripture. And that's what we're gonna look at today. I'm gonna to read to you three verses and we'll get into it. It's found in Revelation chapter 17, uh, beginning with the first verse. John is in the middle of, of the book of Revelation. He's been carried through multiple uh, visions and shown many different things from many different perspectives. When he gets close to the end of the book, his attention is drawn uh, to a particular nation. And, and it's a mystery nation. As a matter of fact, that's how she's identified. Listen to this. John chapter, I mean Revelation chapter 17, verse 1. Now there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, come here, and I will show you the judgment of the great whore, strong language, that sits upon many waters. Now listen to this, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth, listen, have been made drunk, with the wine of her fornication. And so he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sitting upon a scarlet scarlet colored beast, full of the names of blasphemy, that is the beast, is full of the names of blasphemy, having seven heads and 10 horns. So let's look at this really quickly. First of all, what, what is being identified to John? is near the end of the book. And what he finds his attention is being drawn to is something the angel calls the great whore. And she sits upon many waters. And what he tells him is that judgment is coming to her very quickly. And so what we learn first of all is she's about to enter into judgment. Secondly, he says she sits upon many waters and we'll understand that here in a second what all this symbolism actually represents and how we can draw our conclusions to who she actually is. And as we read these scriptures, just think of, of, of what nation could possibly uh, fit these characteristics in our time. So she sits on many waters and she's about to enter into judgment. Her judgment is coming. It's the culmination of thousands of years of human history, and she's sitting upon a beast having seven heads, and uh, and and ten horns. Now, he brings him to the next thing, and he shows he says something to John, which is really interesting. Uh, he says also that the kings of the earth, in verse two, that is the political powers of the world, in verse two, have committed. Uh, fornication with her literally what that is implying is is, is political um, uh, intimate dealings with this woman this woman is a nation and so the kings of the earth come to her and she is sitting upon a particular beast which is representative as we get into this and we'll see in the coming weeks that beast that's being identified there is an old territory an old place In the old world it was the old Roman Empire it is what we call Eastern and Western Europe today and and this is where the woman is sitting and writing upon this beast as we look at the symbolism but what we learn in verse 2 is that the kings or the power base the ruling uh, political elite of the world are, are they come to her and and they they have intimate dealings with her secondly he says that what she has also done is she has made the inhabitants of the whole world drunk with her fornication. Again, there's that that word fornication. And really, that all that means it's a sexual term, but it, what it really means is that they have no husband, they have no marriage, uh, and so spiritually speaking, uh, this is basically what the scripture is teaching us here: is that the nations of the world have rejected having a, an intimate consecrated covenant, and in this case, with Almighty God. And so they're outside the bounds of spiritual union, and they're interacting with no uh, legality, really, in the spirit. And so what this woman has done is, not only is she uh, she's uh, in such a powerful position that the political powers of the world, the kings of the earth, come to her, but also what she does is bring the entire world under her seduction. She's made the entire world drunk. She's a nation capable of seducing and influencing the whole world. Verse three, he carries him away in the spirit into the wilderness and he sees her now sitting upon this beast we were talking about, uh, having uh, seven heads and 10 horns. And like I told you, we'll get into this deeper in the coming days, in the coming weeks. But that beast that she's riding and sitting upon is is the old Roman Empire. So we have a nation with which the old Roman Empire or the political powers of the world, they come and they have intimate political dealings with her. But she's also responsible for bringing the entire planet under her seduction. And she's riding this beast. In other words, she sits in a dominant position upon what we would call today modern day Europe. For many years, this has been the case with the United States of America coming out of World War II. She became the dominant power of the world and all the rest of the world's geopolitical uh, identity flowed through her and had to come to her. But not only that, she's been an exporter of of her sensuality and literally brought the world over the last multiple decades under the sway of her intoxicating ways. That's what that's what John is having revealed to him here. Now, she's called in verse five something very interesting and I'll read that to you. Upon her forehead, this is what he sees when he looks at her, there's a name written there, Mystery Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the whole earth. <clears throat> so what John sees in essence then it causes him to absolutely sit back and, and be completely stunned at what he's seeing. Now remember, when John wrote the book of Revelation, he wrote it from the Isle of Patmos. The dominating power at that time was the Roman Empire. And the capital city of Rome was, was a city that was built upon seven hills. And so there's many scholars that believe that what John was actually seeing was the Roman Empire. And this, in essence, is a truth when you talk about it in the natural historical context. But you've got to remember, when we're reading the book of Revelation, we're reading the unfolding vision that was given to John concerning events that transpire over multiple millennia, thousands of years, and then come to conclude in the final uh, moments of human history at the end of time. And so the kind of woman that he's seeing here and the reason that he wondered, and the reason it was called mystery babylon is because it appeared to be a nation that would be much like the roman empire of old yet it wouldn't be a natural rome that he was seeing but an in time nation at the end of the world that would be a dominant force over old europe and also a dominant force in the influence that it that it engenders over all the earth and so it was a mystery to him but it had many of the characteristics of Rome of his time. And so he wonders, because that's not the Rome that he recognized, but it was how it was being portrayed to him. And the angel goes on and tells him something very interesting. In verse 7, he tells him, Why are you marveling at this woman? Revelation 17, 7. He says, I'm going to tell you the mystery of the woman. And, he says, of the beast that carries her which has seven heads and ten horns. So the first thing that we learn there as he begins to reveal to him who this woman is, is he separates her from the beast. And, and, And he identifies her as dominating the beast, riding the beast. She rides the beast, the beast is under her, but carrying her at the same time. There's a symbiotic relationship steeped in some very, very dark and satanic things. But listen, so he, he's going to give him the, he's going to identify who she is. He tells him in verse 7, I'll tell you who she is. And then he goes on to tell her, him who she is by giving him some clues. In verse 9, he says, Here is the mind that has wisdom. The seven heads are, listen, seven mountains. He's giving a geographic location, an identifying mark, seven mountains. Uh, And that is where the woman sits. That's what he says. The woman sits on seven mountains. So remember that. Who is she? We're now beginning to see. She sits on seven mountains. And then he goes further to identify her in verse 18. Chapter 17, verse 18. He says, and the woman which you saw, listen, is that great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. So now he he talks about her in the terms of sitting on seven mountains. And then he says that she's not just sitting on seven mountains, she's also a city, a particular city. So these are further clues, right? She's that great city. And what are her characteristics? There's, There's three strong clues that were just given to us here. She's a great city. She rules over the kings of the earth and she's sitting on seven mountains. Now this is really interesting. Is there any place like that that we can identify today? Is there a great city that sits on seven mountains and is being controlled by the spirit of mystery Babylon, really, to which all the kings of the earth have to come to her? Well, there is. And I took the liberty of finding out what that is. First of all, there's one city, and and there's only one city, at, to this point, although it's, it's, it's losing its influence, but for the last hundred years, or 70, 80 years, it, there's only been one city that has ruled over the earth, really. And all the rest of the political powers come to her, and that would be Washington, D.C. She is that great city that rules over the kings of the earth. Everything goes through Washington. Just like in the old days, everything goes through Rome. But what about the seven mountains? Well, if you do your research, it's quite interesting, but most people don't know this, but Washington DC, listen to this. It is well known that the city of Rome was built on seven hills or seven mountains. But what is less known is that Washington DC itself is also built on seven mountains, seven hills. And these are the seven hills, right? You can see them there. You can go back and look at them, but I'll read them to you in a minute here. She's built on Knox Hill, Hillcrest Hill, Hillbrook Hill, Forest Hills, Flora Hills, and Meridian Hill. And finally, she sits on top of what they call Capitol Hill. So, the clue that we've just seen here is that there is a great city, a capital city that rules over the kings of the earth. but then the second clue was, does it sit on seven hills and washington d c indeed was built on seven hills? Most don't understand that, but and this is really interesting. You can dig in your own time and maybe we'll we'll, we'll go forward in the coming days and see this. Did you know that Washington D.C. was oris- was originally called Rome? And did you know that <coughs> that the the rivers that flow through her were originally called the Tiber River? This is you go back and Google this, and you'll find it in 1633, I believe it was. Check this out: the guy who used to own the Seven Hills and the land that Washington D.C. is built upon, he was a big fan of of the Roman Empire. And so he originally named his land Rome. You want to hear something really funny? Which is kind of ironic. His name was Francis Pope. Francis Pope. Very interesting, considering we got a Pope Francis right now in Rome on the other side of the world. But he was such a fan of Rome that he, he named his land Rome. It was originally called Rome. And, and the river that flowed through the property, he, he renamed it the Tiber River. And so Washington, in many ways, symbolically, was already becoming the the geographical territory that would ultimately rule the kings of the earth all the way back in 1633. Now listen, there's more. There's more clues. And this one's really more unique. And I'm going to read it to you. Revelation 17, verse 15. And so he said unto me, the waters which you saw, where the horse sits, are people's multitudes, nations, and tongues. So we have another clue. So he identifies her as a city, the capital city. It's built upon seven hills. Her influence has made the entire planet intoxicated with her ways for a time, at least at the end. And um, she's also identified as sitting on many waters. So what makes her unique, and as he goes on to say what those waters, when we're talking symbolically, are, right? They are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. So we have to look for a nation at the end of time that is made up of many peoples, multitudes of peoples, that come from multitudes of nations that speak multitudes of languages. Well, there's no other place like that on the face of the earth except for the United States of America. See, if you go to China, you'll find Chinese people. (laughs) You go to uh, Uganda You'll find Uganda people You go to Mexico, there's Mexicans Go to Italy, there's Italians, right? We can go down the list You come to the United States And you can't say this is an American Or that's an American Because she's made up of every nation On the face of the earth And that is precisely what the angel identifies as that mystery Babylon. It would be a nation in the future where all nations, all multitudes, all tongues would come and that spirit of Babylon would rest upon that nation in the end of time. Now, there's only one nation that's made up of multitudes, languages, peoples, tongues, tribes, all that. And there's a further clue, right? I find it very interesting because she's revealed in two ways. Listen to this. The first thing that we saw is that she's called a great city who sits on seven hills. We went quickly through that and showed that's quite possibly Washington DC because it's built on seven hills. It too is the global military and political power. It too had all the kings of the earth come to it and it has become the place that has filled the world with its own ways and in many ways intoxicated the earth for many years. But She's also described as sitting on many waters, and this is why it is unique to America, because the angel is giving John two clues. She's both. She both sits on a city that's made up of seven hills, Washington, DC, but she also has to be uh, a city that sits on on many waters. And and this is where many people have missed it through the years, because she's described as, as sitting on seven hills, but she's also described as sitting On many waters. What most people don't know is that America's first capital city was not Washington DC, but America's first capital city was New York City. And the most famous symbol of New York City is what? The Statue of Liberty, right? A woman. Check this out. She is a woman that sits on many waters in the harbor of New York. And all the nations of the world flooded into this country from this place, Ellis Island. And it's very interesting that her symbol is a woman and she sits on many waters. And, and in essence, she fulfills both things that the angels said. She's both a, a great capital city to which all the politicians of the world come, built on seven hills, Washington, DC, but she's also a woman that sits on many waters which represents multitudes tribes nations tongues this is the this was the place that everyone came to to enter her and she became a nation she is that city she's twofold she sits on waters she sits on seven hills and and i think it's ironic that her symbol is a woman that sits on many waters now listen The apostle John has revealed to him that she's going to be judged. This is the fun part, right? This is the part no one likes to tune in and hear Brother Marty anymore, right? Because all he ever (laughs) talks about is heavy-duty stuff. But the Bible tells us that she influences the whole world. Again, here's that woman. And, And you know what her original name means? Liberty, enlightening the whole world. She enlightens the whole world. And that's what he described her as. Someone that influences the whole world. Her characteristics are very interesting because on Lady Liberty, she has seven points on her head, on top of her head, right? She has those seven points on her crown. But you know what the the maker of her crown said that represents? That the seven points of her crown symbolize the seven seas of the world and the seven continents of the world and the rays of sun, her influence upon the whole world. That's what she's described as being, and that's exactly how she's described in the book of Revelation. She's both a capital city on seven mountains, and she's also a city that sits on many waters to which all the tribes, tongues, nations, and multitude have come. She's both, she's two. So it's very interesting in Revelation chapter 18, verse one and two. It says, after these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great power and the earth was enlightened with his glory. Listen to this. He cried mightily with a strong voice saying, Babylon the great, listen to what he says, is fallen, is fallen, is become the habitation of devils, the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And listen, the merchants of the earth have been waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. So what's interesting, what we just read here, is he says her judgment is approaching. And he describes her as having fallen, fallen. He says it twice. Why is that? Well, I think that's because she she has two capitals. Her first capital was New York City. And then her second capital became Washington DC. So fulfilling what the angel would reveal to John is the identity of Mystery Babylon, where that spirit would come to rest on this in time nation. She's not called America in the Bible, but she's called Mystery Babylon. And the characteristics we talked about was that the nations of the world would bend the knee to her, if you will, and, and be influenced by her desires in the political arena, in the military arena. But now we just read in verse three, also in the economic arena, all the merchants of the world have been made rich by her. And what's being proclaimed to the angel at the end of time, she's going to fall, both cities. Both New York and Washington, D.C. are going to be judged because that's what the angel said, in my most humble opinion, that is. Next week, we're going to look deeper into what is ahead for America and the world. We're going to specifically talk about her riding this beast, because what we're seeing happening right now in 2021 it's like reading the newspaper when you read the book of Revelation. I mean, that's, that's really what's happening. The Bible predicts that there will be a separation of powers. That this woman who's ridden the beast for so long, in actuality, is really hated by the beast, represented by old Europe. But old Europe has been dependent upon her for a good seven, eight decades now. And yet they've been enriched by her, the great men of the earth, the great merchants of the earth, Later when you get into chapter 18, it talks about all the ships that come to her and and unload their cargo into this luxurious nation that that just sucks up all the world's goods. She sits as a queen, it goes on to say in Revelation 18. We're gonna talk about that. And what the Bible seems to be implying was there will come a power from the east to which the old Roman Empire will look as an opportunity to throw the woman off that's been riding her for so long. As we go forward, what we're going to see and what we'll lay out before you is the strategies that have been being laid for multiple decades now to bring down this once inglorious nation. This nation was blessed, not because of its political or military or or economic power. It was blessed precisely because the blessing of the Lord once rested upon its people. But as we near the end of time, what we were just told in Revelation 18, verse one and two, is that she transitions into a nation that becomes filled with all sort of vice, drunkenness, fornication, and throwing off the shackles of any restraint. It is not without irony that as we've transitioned into this new administration, the very first uh, things that they've been doing is, is is signing executive orders in a very dictator-like way, stripping away the confines of, 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 of societal norm, everything from marriage to, uh, to transgender rights to the, to the thing that now that little girls can't even engage in sports in high school or college uh, without somebody walking in there just because he puts on a skirt and says he identifies as a girl. He can now play sports. He can shower with, with little girls in, 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 in our schools. That was signed by the president. First thing he did, they've removed the restraints from Planned Parenthood. That might make some of you mad, but you know what? Your taxpayer dollars are now funding abortion up to the ninth month. What's happening? America's transitioning into that hold of every foul and unclean spirit. The restraints have been lifted and a church that went blindly down the road of political power and rejected the gospel of Jesus Christ, instead wrapping itself in a political movement, now sits stunned as it hoped even up until the day when, when this new administration raised its right hand to, to, to take the oath of power. It sits stunned on the ground wondering what happened. What about all the prophecies that were given? What about all the things that were promised? All of it is gone by the wayside. And now judgment has begun. Now I know that's heavy, but it is for those that don't understand what's happening. And what's coming in the next few days is coming quickly. I'm going to close with these two scriptures because the first one is this uh, in, in Revelation 18:4, We're commanded to come out of her, my people. That's what he says. Listen to what he says. I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people. Why? That you don't partake of her sins. And listen to this. That you don't receive of her plagues. What are you telling me, Brother Martin? We're going to see an increase in, in the sinfulness of our nation. And I'm, and those of you who are tuned in from around the world, because you do, I know you do. We, we read your emails and see your texts. I'm talking to, to, to this particular nation right now and the church in it. He says to come out from her to remove yourself from the influences of this world, not to partake of her sins or her plagues, multiple plagues. 2020 witnessed a pandemic that swept across the land. Whether you believe it or not, that makes no difference to me, man. I just lost my father-in-law to this fake virus, as they call it. It's real, trust me. And if you're paying attention, there are multiple variants they're announcing across the world. It began in London. There's another one that's extremely virulent in South Africa, one in South Korea. What are you saying? This is only getting started. There's more plagues coming, trust me. And these vaccines and all these things they're trying to do uh, to, to, to prevent it, it's not going to be preventable. It is God's hand. He's, he's removed his protective hand from off the nation as a whole. But his people, will find solace and protection in him and by his spirit through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, which was shed on Calvary. That is our hope. And we're commanded to come out. This is not an easy thing. Because as the Lord said in Matthew chapter 24, because iniquity will abound. The love of many will wax cold. The level of spiritual wickedness and intensity and evil that is breaking forth, not only in America, but across the world, is of such a nature that if you're not walking close with God, you're not going to be able to stand. I know some of you are dealing mentally with images and thoughts that you you don't even know where they're coming from. Some of you have Repented of sins a long time ago, but then suddenly they're up in your face again, and you're wondering what in the world is going on with me. What you're experiencing is an intensity level of the darkness of this world being turned up. Our safety is in coming out from the zeitgeist of the day, from the cultural norms, from all that's being proclaimed from the pulpits of darkness across the land. We have to be separate. You have to lay low. You have to be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. Finally, I'm going to close with Isaiah's words here. You're asking me, well, what's coming ahead? Well, he tells us. You can read it later in Isaiah 13 if you want to study it. Isaiah 13 is basically the book of Revelation (laughs) in the Old Testament. But one of the things he says is, is that the people are going to be afraid that pangs and sorrows shall take hold of them And listen to this, they will be in pain as a woman that travaileth. So let's just quickly finish with this. There's a lot of you afraid out there, or you know people that are, and you you should be. This ain't no joke. I'm not here talking to you because I ain't got nothing else to do. I'm here doing what I'm doing because I'm required to by the Spirit of God, and I love you. And I pray for you, but these are serious times that demand serious people. The days that are ahead of us have already begun. It's kind of like the proverbial frog in in the pot of boiling water, right? You've heard that old story where they put the frog in a pot of boiling water and he jumps right out. But but it's more like what they say when they put the frog in, in cold water and they slowly turn the heat up. He gets used to it. So that he doesn't even recognize what's been happening around him until it's too late and he's now boiled to death. That's what many people are coming to realize right now. Their theology, their false prophets, their mega churches, all that stuff is falling by the wayside. And what they're being left with is a sense of an an impending shadow that's growing across the planet. You may not want to admit it, but the people are sensing it and there's fear. But God's people don't need to be afraid. Our safety and our hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you remember the story of the Exodus? On the night that the destroyer passed through the land, he said, you get a lamb, you slay that lamb, and you put the blood over the doorpost of your house, and you go inside and you shut the door. And when the destroyer comes through the land, he said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Our safety is in Christ, our victory is in Calvary, our hope is in the coming of the Lord, because he's risen from the dead. So he says more people will grow afraid, a sense of fear, and then pangs. Like a woman who's pregnant, she suddenly realizes, ooh, the baby's coming. She goes through a contraction. That's what you're going to see in the days ahead, whether it's natural disaster signs in the heavens, Crazy things happening, you know, wars, rumors of wars. They'll come suddenly, suddenly, but they're going to increase, he said. And sorrows, this sense of not knowing what to do about it. Like a woman who's about to give birth, he said. All creation is groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Well, you've given me a heavy word today. Well, yeah, but it is and it isn't. Because the Lord said in Luke chapter 21, He says, when you begin to see these things happening, He goes, you don't need to be like everybody else. He said, men's hearts are going to fail them for fear of what they see coming on the face of the earth. He says, but you, when you begin to see these things, He says, you square back those shoulders and you lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing nigh. Question is, my brothers and sisters, Are you paying attention? We love you. Our hope has never changed. Our hope is built on nothing less but Jesus Christ and the return of his kingdom to this earth. He's coming again real soon. God bless you, we love you. Be good to each other, be safe, stay awake, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We'll be praying for you. Pray for us. We'll see you next week. God bless.